action that involved months, years, perhaps even a lifetime of careful planning and consideration. In Didi's opinion, they weren't looking at just a crime scene. They were looking at a killer's deepest, darkest fantasy. And while this might be the first scene they were investigating, a homicide this heavily ritualized was probably not the last. When the wind blows, Didi's squad, the crime scene techs, the ME's office, not to mention a plethora of other investigators, had spent six hours working the space. They documented, dusted, diagrammed, and discussed until the sun had set, the dinner commute was on, and tempers were flaring. As lead detective, Didi had finally sent everyone home, with orders to refresh, then regroup. Tomorrow was another day, when they could search federal databases for other murders matching this description, while building the profiles of their victim and killer. Plenty to do, many angles to investigate. Now, get some rest. Everyone had listened. Except, of course, Dee Dee. It was nearly 10 p.m. She should be returning home, kissing her husband hello, checking in on her three-year-old son, already tucked into bed at this late hour, working on her own good night's sleep, versus hanging out at a darkened crime scene with her toddler's current favorite nursery rhyme running through her head. But she couldn't do it. Some instinct, insight, had driven her back to this too-quiet townhouse. For most of the day, she and her fellow detectives had stood here and debated what they saw. Now she stood with the lights out, in the middle of a blood-scented room, and waited for what she could feel. Rockabye baby. Christine Ryan had already been dead before the killer had made his first cut. That much they could tell from the lack of anguish stamped into her pale face. The victim had died relatively easily. Then, most likely as her heart emitted a few final pumps, the killer had delivered his first downward slash across her right flank. Meaning, the murder hadn't been about the victim's pain, but about presentation, staging, the ritual itself, a killer with a compulsion to skin. Maybe as a kid, he'd started with small animals or family pets. Then, when the fantasy had refused to abate, the ME would check for hesitation marks, if determining jagged edges was even possible, given the mounds of thin, curling skin, as well as test for evidence of sexual assault. But once again, Didi suffered a nagging sense of discomfort. Those elements were the things a criminal investigator could see. And deep inside, Didi already suspected that was the wrong track. Indulging, in fact, in exactly what the killer wanted them to focus on. Why stage things just so, if not to manipulate your audience into seeing exactly what you wanted them to see? Then it came to her. The thought she'd had in the back of her head, the first and foremost question worth pursuing, and the reason she now stood in the dark, her vision deliberately obscured, why set a scene? A sound, in the distance, the townhouse's front door, easing carefully open, a creak of the stair riser as a heavy foot found the first step, the groan of a floorboard, just down the hall. A sound, once distant, now closer, and that quickly, Sergeant Detective Dee Dee Warren realized something she should have figured out 15 minutes ago. 
Jack's favorite lullaby, the children's song she'd been humming under her breath, that tune wasn't coming from solely inside her head. Someone else was singing it too, softly, outside the bedroom, from elsewhere in the dead woman's apartment. Rock-a-bye, baby, on the treetop. Dee Dee's hand shot to her sidearm, unsnapping the shoulder holster, drawing her Sig Sauer. She whirled, dropping into a crouch as her gaze scanned the corners for signs of an intruder. No shifts in the blackness, no shadows settling into the shape of a human form. But then she heard it, a creaking floorboard elsewhere in the apartment. When the wind blows, the cradle will rock. Quickly, she crept from the bedroom into the darkened hall, leading with her weapon. The narrow corridor didn't offer any overhead lights, just more shadows from the glow of neighbors' apartments casting through the uncovered windows. A wash of lighter and darker shades of gray dancing across the hardwood floor.